Welcome to Dungeon Talk. Higher level learning for your tabletop game. And now, here's Evan and Michael. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. And Michael. And this is Dungeon Talk, episode Oct und Zvan Z. On today's episode, <laughs> we are going to cover uh, a website meeting that Michael and I had a couple nights ago. We talked a little bit about what we want to do with the website, ideas for it, and the direction that we want to head with it. Uh, we're going to talk about an in-game conflict between two of our players uh, that pertains to something that we talked about last week or in our last Dungeon Talk. And then we're going to finish with a mailbag question. And it's, what do you do as a DM when your players have outsmarted you? All right, so let's talk about the website meeting that we had, Michael. Okay, I think uh, we had talked about having one of these for a while, and just with our crazy schedules, it didn't work out. Uh, But this is the first time in quite a while that we've actually sat down for the sole purpose of talking about the website and kind of where it is and where we want it to go and, you know, kind of make sure that you and I are on the same page. And, you know, this started 100% as a vanity project. We were both listening to podcasts about D&D. We both thought we had something to offer that community. And on really on kind of a lark and a whim and the fact that I'm crazy uh, and you put the idea in my head, I kind of went for it. And, you know, like a couple of days later, we had a website. And, you know, longtime listeners will know that we've already done one renaming uh, because of a, we didn't do a good, didn't didn't do good research on our first name, so, <laughs> so we ended up changing it. Which I'm actually very happy. I think our our second name is so much better anyway. Um, and then we had a website, and we really had no expectations. You know, I mean, I think both of us secretly kind of hoped it would do well and that we would get. Oh some, yeah, of course. I mean, you don't want to start something and hope that it flops, right? But but I don't think either one of us, as I said the other night, I don't I don't know that we even knew what reasonable or unreasonable expectations are. You know, we do a, a niche podcast, or I think a niche is the way you say it, a niche podcast. It's about D&D or role-playing games. And so if every role-player in the world, you know, listened to our podcast, that's still a small percentage of the population. And we know that not all role-players listen to podcasts. So then you got to well, filter as- down to the just the number of role-players who do listen to podcasts. Like, how many people is our potential audience, if we got every freaking single one of them, it's still not that many people. Yeah, so, and we, we still don't know what good is. I mean, we you, like when we started, we didn't have any idea, you know, if we get to this number, then we'll know that we're doing well. We still don't know what that number is. We still don't know if, you know, the number of people... We know that we have a few um, subscribers... We, we don't know if that number is in the dozens or in the the hundred around a hundred or more or is it a couple hundred we like we don't think that it's more than a few hundred definitely yeah. but we don't really know and even if we did know we don't even know if that's good I mean we've been doing this for is it what nine months to a year maybe yeah, well we had some time off because of my surgeries uh, but yeah it was, but the website has been up. August of last year is when we started. I think it was in July when we first got started. August is when we first started putting content up. So it's just just over one year old, but it's probably not been 12 full months because we did take some time off. 
Um, but yeah, so so I don't I don't really know I don't know what we should be excited about our our you know our success or be disappointed or are we on pace and you well, know re- I think in I think in our my, oh and by the way if you if you think Michael and I if you think I'm stepping on Michael's voice even more than usual during this one it's because <laughs> we're actually not in the same room together we're trying something new uh, where we're talking on the phone with each other, but since we both use the same recording software and we both have that, uh, that set up at our homes, uh, we both have a microphone and we're recording our own voices and then we're going to put the audio together later, but our co- but we're communicating with each other over our phones. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we've been having trouble getting together, you know, to play a game once a week is taken up a lot of time as it is, and then to have a secondary meeting once a week. So this is a way that we could probably squeeze in more uh, dungeon talks regularly uh, because we could just do it, you know, more of a leisure. Like, okay, I'm kids are in bed. I don't have to drive 45 minutes to your house. You don't have to drive 45 minutes to my house. Right. So, so we're gonna we're gonna try it out, see how it works, and if it does work, then this probably will be a very good way for us to do this in the future. For me, one yeah. of the other things we wanted to do is we also want to start doing interviews. There's there's mm-hmm. game designers. There's there's friends of mine on Twitter. I've been doing some online gaming uh, through Google Hangouts and Roll Twenty, and there's some people that I would love to have join us on the con- conference call. Shit on the. Uh, the podcast and the first time and actually the only time we've tried this in the past was with Rob early, early on. And all we did was put him on speakerphone and, you know, I, I love Rob. A, a microphone that, up next to the speakerphone. Yeah. And that, vo- that the audio was crap. And so as much as I love Rob and I'd like to have him on more, that just wasn't a viable, like the quality wasn't up to our standards as low as they may be. So anyway, <laughs> we've been talking about what we've been trying to get better at with the audio quality, and that's part of the website. So let's talk a little bit about how we're, the direction that we kind of decided right. or the things so, that we were talking about. Right. So the, the one of the one of the big things that we, we decided, uh, we, we talked about is do we need to change our name? And I know that may sound kind of silly, but... D&D is even within the niche market of RPGs it's it's still it's like probably the biggest name like people know D&D across the world but there's so many other games that are coming out now that I almost feel like did we limit ourselves I mean there's the big divide between Pathfinder and D&D so there's a huge audience of people who play Pathfinder who kind of have a bad taste in their mouth about D&D so they may they may not listen to us just because of our name. And there's people who play other role-playing games like Fate and Savage Worlds and Numenera, um, you know, and New World of Darkness and however many others I can't think of right now that maybe they don't listen to us because we're also, they think that we're focused solely on D&D and we're not. We're, well, we're more broad than that. So we just yeah. wondered, should we look at changing our name so it is more... Um, you know, more open or more broad, or is D and D synonymous enough with RPGs that it's okay? And I don't know that, that we've come up with a good answer to that yet. Well, there's, I think there's also two sides of that coin, and one of them is what you just said, where we don't want um, to shy anybody away from checking us out because our name is D&D Academy and kind of the thought behind that is maybe if we went with a more global name with something like RPG Academy or something that had to do with tabletop role-playing games and incorporated that into the name that way if people are looking for a podcast out there 
and they're just looking for an RPG podcast will come up instead of maybe they're searching for instead of them having to search for a D&D podcast for us to most likely come up and you know in their search this for somebody just brand new that's just hops on Google and is like I wonder what's out there for a D&D podcast we don't want to shy anybody away just because of what our name says but on the flip side of that is we've already branded ourselves as a D&D podcast because of our name and the few listeners that we do have now we don't want to make them turn away if we decide to go in a different direction because we've been talking about michael has been talking about fate a lot lately and he's really excited about that and i have a feeling that sometime soon we'll be changing from d our weekly game will not be a D game it'll be a 13th age game or it'll be fate or we tried um savage worlds and so Which i really like savage worlds too yeah, I liked I really liked Savage Worlds also. And so we don't want to, you know, uh we don't want the audience that we have now to turn their nose because we are not playing a D&D game weekly and we're not posting a, D- a weekly D&D podcast cuz a lot of times what we talk about has to do with uh the game that we're playing. Yeah, so, I mean that, that's where table topics came from originally was we talked about something that happened at our table. We've since then kind of broadened it to more general terms or, or questions off the internet or the website or just, you know, thoughts we have. But yeah, originally table topics was just, hey, this happened in the last game. Let's talk about it. Um, so that's that's something that Michael and I, you know, would like some feedback on. You know, anybody listening to this, whether you're a brand new listener or if you've been listening since the beginning, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think... It's okay for us to branch out because we, well, I've already said it enough times. We, you know, we don't want to lose anybody and we don't want to shy anybody away, you know, in the beginning. Because I did ask uh, a while back, uh, I had some, like, like a lot of times if we get a new comment, like the first time someone comments on the website, I'll usually reply back and say, thank you. And, you know, appreciate your time. And I almost always ask, by the way, how did you find us? Because I'm interested to know you know, how, how, how we are, are getting found. And just about every time it's, I went to iTunes and searched for D and D and you came up. So the people who are searching for D and D podcasts, we are near the top of the list. And I, and I would argue that we have one of the best logos. I think it's awesome. And I think it's, it stands out. And I think we probably had people that have clicked on us simply because of the logo, then read the description and then, checked us out and some people have stayed i'm sure and some people have you know it's like hey fuck that um but i did check because because we have a lot of tags and like when you put up your thing on itunes it asks you what kind of site you are and i know that the rpg is in there somewhere but if you search rpg we do not come up you if someone just says rpg podcast they will never find us but if you search D podcast we're one of the top ones that you're going to find so that's what kind of think, worries me is how many people search for D&D podcasts versus how many people search for RPG podcasts. Yeah, because, I mean, we're in this to it's, – it's become kind of a uh, – not a game, but, you know, our goal is to grow. I mean, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't want to grow. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, just like I said, I mean, I, uh, 
you know, this is going to sound shocking, but but hold on to your seats. I want to be a writer. <laughs> what? Yeah. I actually have spent some time writing. and I'm going to edit that out, and I'm going to replace the word writer with something else. <laughs> and, uh, and part of that is being a creative person. I, I, I want people to experience what I create, and I want to get feedback on what they thought. And positive feedback encourages me, and critical feedback makes me better. And this is sort of the same thing. So it's kind of fulfilling that same desire I have about being a writer is I am creating something. Because like when I, when I make my D&D games, I am writing those. those that is, the same, is a similar process of writing. I'm, I'm coming up with a story. I'm editing it. I am evolving it. The difference is that I don't have complete control. So having people listen to the actual plays and comment and say, wow, that was a good game, or I like that story, I like the, I like the twist, I like the plot, that scratches that same itch I have for writing a story and putting it out there and getting the same type of feedback. So for me, that's, I want to grow that audience because I want more people to have a chance to listen to what I'm creating and give me feedback on it. So it's not, like I said, we're not really trying to make money off the website. Certainly, I, I would love to be able to quit my job and do this full time. I think that would be like a dream come true to have a hobby that you love be able to provide money. But I don't think either one of us thinks that's ever going to happen. I mean, like I said, if we got every RPG podcast listener in the world to listen to us, I still don't know that would be enough to get a deal where we get like sponsors and, you know, to the point that they, they would pay us money. You know, it's one thing if we get a $10 yeah. gift card from, from a website. It's like, hey, mention our website. We'll give you a $10 gift card to give away. That's one thing. That's not a salary that says, hey, all you have to do is spend your time doing this. But we do have stuff for sale. Like if you go to the Cafe Press, we have our D&D logo stuff for sale. Um, you know, if you go through our site into the Drive-Through RPG website, if you buy a module, we get like 4%. We get a kickback um, for getting people to go to their site. So, yeah, would I like to make some money off this? If we could break even, you know, the amount of money that we've spent on the website and the domain name and the microphones and stuff, I did it because I like it and I'm not, not complaining about it. But if I could offset that cost, I would be happy about it. So, yeah, I want to yeah, grow the podcast. I want to get listeners. But it's not about the money. But it would be nice if we could find a way to make some money off of it. And I do want to quit my job, so please help me. <laughs> please yep. help me quit my job. My, my job's and a little better than yours, so I don't really want I, to quit mine yet. I might quit my job, but it probably <laughs> won't ever be because I'm sufficient. I'm self-sufficient uh, from D&D Academy. Yeah, probably not. But like, at the end of the day, I, like I said, I'd say it again. I appreciate every person who's ever listened to even one episode, and I greatly appreciate those of you who have... Uh, taking time even just to send an email, uh, a comment on Facebook, comment on the forum, comment on iTunes, whatever. Because, uh, again, I listen to dozens of podcasts. I've written two reviews myself. So I know that there had to be something about our show that, that sparked something in you that it made it you felt like you needed to take the time to actually do a, a review, and I appreciate that. And in particular, mm -hmm. the, the reason we started off the web the, the website, shit, the, the, the episode today with the, the German 28, at least we hope that's what we said, um, is if you look at our stats on the Internet, we have a huge percentage of our, our uh, traffic comes from a German podcast aggregator. It's called podcast.de. Sick, uh, sick Germans. It is crazy amount of, of hits that we get. <laughs> 
And I found out today, and I, I, I don't actually know if this is 100% true, but I heard that if you are in another country and you write an iTunes review, that we don't actually get to see those. So if we do have a lot of German listeners, please someone send me an email and says, yeah, I've been listening to you, you fuckers, and you've never talked about the iTunes review I gave you. It's because I can't mm -hmm. see it. So send us an email and say, yeah, you got friends over here in um, wherever, somewhere in Germany is, and uh, let us know, you know uh, that you're there uh, because we appreciate you guys too. Yeah, so uh, please, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, um, get get us on Facebook. Uh, send us uh, an email. You can find us on Twitter. Um, just give us any kind of feedback that you want. Tell us if you would like to strictly hear D and D material from us. Tell us uh, if you would be okay with us doing other game systems, and if you'd enjoy hearing that. And tell us what game systems you like. Um, you know, tell us what you came to the website for. Did you just come here because you strictly wanted a and d podcast? Or are you open to, you know, all types of role-playing games? And you'd be, and you know, you wouldn't shy away from the podcast if we started into other stuff. So right. hit us, you know, we want to hear from everybody. We don't, we don't care who you are, how few words it is, or how many words it is. You can send us a paragraph or, you know, a sentence. Um, <laughs> just... Or just, just one word. Us, just one word. Just hit us up. Yeah, it could say sucks. <laughs> you could just send us. You could just if you can if you want to text us, just sucks. You can. Yeah. But I'd prefer you say something else like great. But yeah. So just you know hit us up any way you want, any way you can. We just we're really interested to hear what your opinion of the direction of the web website is, not right. just where me and Michael think it should go. Right. And, cause, and, and kind of the last thing, and then we'll move on from all this, and we'll hopefully get to some actual content, is our actual plays get a lot more traffic than our dungeon talks. And, Which and is I've fucking had, weird. <laughs> well, I've had a lot of people tell me that that makes a lot more sense, that more people are interested in actual plays than the general advice. Or the other thing that I've heard, actually, is that most actual plays, the quality is terrible, which goes back to what I said earlier about the, the one podcast that they had zero editing and that our quality, while it may not be great, is better than most. And I've asked you, I've gotten some compliments that we, we have a fun game and that our players are funny and, and, you know, my games are interesting. So there is something about the actual plays that sets us apart more to other actual plays than maybe our general advice podcast due to other general advice podcasts. But we are trying to figure out ways to up our Dungeon Talk count. So we're going to play around with the format a little bit. And this is kind of an odd one because we're mostly rambling about stuff. But one of the things that we want to do is to get more organized and maybe have one longer topic each episode where we spend a lot of time, maybe even do research and, you know, and really have some salient points thought out when we have our discussion and then have several other shorter topics that are more freeform like what we do now where we'll just kind of throw an idea together and say, hey, let's talk about, you know, inter-party conflict and then just talk about it. Uh, I think that's our strength. I think we do a good job just talking and, you know, and just kind of spitballing ideas. And we may not necessarily ever answer any questions, but we think through the process. But I do find there's other shows that I listen to that do a lot more organization and I do enjoy, I think they, they hit the topic from a lot of different angles and give you a lot of different insight rather than what we think of at the time that we're talking when we say it. That was a 
great unintentional segue about inner party <laughs> conflict. So let's was talk it? about that. It was almost like I knew what we were going to talk about next. Yeah. All right. So our second table topic, since we're done rambling about the website, is with a couple weeks ago when we posted our last podcast, one of our table topics was, um, or maybe it was maybe it was two podcasts ago, but we talked about how to deal with a player who's kind of not playing for the group, how to deal with somebody who's making decisions that's not for the best of the party. You know, somebody who's doing a good job role-playing their character, but maybe just the way their character is doesn't fit in with the rest of the party. And so you run into these decisions where, you know, this person wants to help all the children of the burning orphanage because if they didn't, they would be dishonoring their god. And the rest of the party is like, no, we're on a quest to go find the king's son. We don't have time to do this. And he's like, well, I have to do it. You know, it's it's who it's my faith. It's who I am. And and it, you run into these conflicts in the game because of the way people are playing their characters. So this exact thing happened uh, during our last game. And we have a paladin who is lawful good, correct? Well, let me start off by saying spoiler alert, only because um, we are going to divulge a little bit about the the new campaign that we're playing, A New World, and there's some background information about the characters that won't necessarily be uh, known to start, this sort of secretive background, but to make this make sense, we're going to have to share some of that. So if you are interested, listen to the New World podcast and want to learn as the players do, then you probably will want to skip this one. Otherwise, feel free to listen in. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, there's two two players were involved. It's Nico and Rob. Nico is playing a lawful good paladin of Moradin, who is the main, you know, dwarven god in the pathos that we're following. And part of his background is, in the past, he failed in protecting his village or his homestead and people were killed and injured because of his lack of action. And so now he feels like to redeem himself, he has to be like uber protective. Like he, he cannot ever fail again in protecting somebody because he feels like, or he will lose his abilities. Like he feels like, you know, his God has given him one last chance to redeem himself and any failure could be seen as a complete failure. And so he's very conscious about that. Rob's character is playing a dwarfen cleric of Paylor, but not really. He actually worships death. And we don't, we didn't necessarily give that god a name, but he worships the the god of death in this in this game. And he he's not evil. And that, that's one thing I made very clear to him when we created his background. And I, and I wrote most of it, but I had his input: is that you're not evil, but you have studied life. And like his background, his dad was like a mortician and he spent time, a lot of time around dead bodies and his dad died at a young age and he, he's trying to find a way to bring his dad back to life. So he's just trying to understand death to the point that he can conquer it. It's, it's very similar to the Anakin story and the prequels of Star Wars. He wants to, to be able to be more powerful than death. So he knows a lot of zombie spells and when it comes to casting healing spells, they're not as powerful as his harmful spells and what happened in the last game 
is we had a fight between um, the characters, and it was only three at the time. It was Nico's character, Evan's character, and Rob's character, and they were being attacked by these tiger-type creatures. And during the battle, Rob's character cast Animate Dead, which brought one of those dead cats back to life as a zombie. And Nico's character views zombie magic or necromancy as evil. And they they almost came to blows in the game. Like Nico's character was charging at Rob's character and, and we knew at the on the table that he was going to attack the cat, but in the game it looked like he was about to attack Rob's character. So Evan's character, Blaine, stepped in the middle and we had sort of like a three way confrontation where both of you said you need to calm down and he's like, No, Rob's character's evil, I have to kill him. And essentially he got into a black and white argument that says I can't be a paladin of of good and allow Rob's character to live. And it was a complete one or the other. There was no gray in the story whatsoever. And he felt like his character had to kill or be killed by Rob's character or he would have failed in his duties. Did I leave anything important out of that background? No, except that it's effing ridiculous. <laughs> so tell me how you it really just, feel. It just... It it drives me nuts the more that I think about it. You have two, you have two players at the table. And I've said this a bunch of times before. I love Nico. The more time I spend with Nico, I like him even more. I think he's a great guy. In this instance, I don't understand where he's coming from. In game, I understand where his character is coming from. Out of game. You have a character who is law, whatever, lawful good, like the goodest of good, whatever. And you're going to play him, you know consciously that you're going to play him to the point where if you even, if you even see an act around you that is like, you know, is basically, you know, he's some of us, if we're on the street and we see two guys getting in a fight on the other side of the street, the majority of people, just the way people's nature is, the majority of the people walk by. They just walk by. They see two guys fighting, one hitting the other, and most people walk by. Nico's character is that one guy that is on the street and say, goes, I have to do something about this. He Nico is playing his character so that if he even witnesses anything remotely evil or that he thinks uh, you know you know has to do with with death or hurting people or evil or anything he feels that that is not tolerable and that he has to put an end to it. He also knows okay so that is how Nico has decided to play his character outside of of the not in character but Nico Nico's decision as the player not as the PC he also knows that there's another player at the table or in PC or no no I'm sorry PC at the table that this is his style of combat this is what he this is what his background is he has studied medicine he's figured out how to raise the dead and now this is this is what his story is. This is where his combat comes from. He can reanimate the dead to fight for him. You have you can't go into the game knowing those two things and just 
think that everything is going to be fine. So Nico had to know ahead of time that this was going to come up. And why would you choose to either not say anything about it in the beginning where you put your hand up and go, look, I think that this is going to be a conflict. Like I can see Rob's character and I can see my character and I don't think this is going to work. So maybe we should talk, you know, maybe we should work something else out. Maybe one of us needs to change. Maybe I'll change the way I play my character. Or if you have something else in mind that you want to do so that we don't run into this conflict, because I know how I'm going to play my character and this is going to be a problem. I don't understand why that never came up and why well, it, Nico it, it got to the point where, so I'll just finish real quick. It got to the point where he let the combat happen and then decided in character, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, he, what we know is that he was going to charge Rob's character reanimated like a dead tiger, basically. And he was riding it around <laughs> like, a, like a horse, like he man and cringer. Right. And he was riding a zombie. Cat. <laughs> so. Which is pretty fucking awesome. Honestly, it right. was probably the coolest thing that happened the whole game. And who wouldn't see a zombie cat and go, man, that's awesome. How'd you do that? But anyways, Nico waited until combat and combat was over. And then what we, we, re- we know that Nico was going to attack the cat. But listen, people get attached to their characters. And pe- when you're at a table, if, you, if, if one player is provoking another player sometimes it digs a little deeper than we're just playing a game i mean rob told me after the game he 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 kind of felt like that was a little messed up he was he he felt he didn't understand why nico did that and thought it was kind of unfair and childish and and people get attached to their characters and you, it almost becomes an extension of you. I mean, we, you know, your character kind of becomes an extension of you. And if you're sitting at the table and somebody across the table, you know, you're in character and he's in character and he's like, I'm going to slap you in the face. You probably won't sit there at the table and go, okay, you know, I'll just let him slap me in the face. You're, you're going to do more than just slap him back because you actually feel a little bit of that disrespect. Like, why are you going to disrespect my character like that? Right. Well, again, and I'm not necessarily picking sides, but I, I know more where Nico is coming from than you and Rob probably do because of my history with the game. And both of you guys are very new at it. And I'm not saying it's right, but there is this sort of hereditary memory that paladins are these shining beacons of good and light and they are you know they are they are god's chosen warriors and they that is kind of how they have been viewed for a very long time in the game and going back to some of the literatures and some of the modules and i think i even mentioned like we first started doing podcasts that it in original versions of D, it was almost impossible to play a paladin because you rolled your stats in order, you rolled 3d6, there was no re-rolls, and you had to have certain stats in certain places to even qualify. So it was really rare early on to have the privilege of playing paladins. So there's this sort of mythos that's sort of grown around them that I think old school players like myself who grew up still hold them in sort of a reverence that 
wow, you're playing a paladin. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, responsibility that comes with playing that character. I would argue, and as I, I tried to explain to Nico after, because we had a little bit of a conversation after it uh, and talk about what was going on. And, you know, because I, I, I felt that there was tension. I could tell there was a little bit of tension in, in the players. Is that, for me, the, the interesting story for Nico's character isn't that he feels that Rob's character is evil and must kill him, but the fact that he feels Rob's character is evil but won't kill him. You know, to me, that's the interesting story is, you know, I think people are drawn to flawed characters. And people have contradictory, uh, you know, personality traits all the time. And, you know, and this is big story. You could have cops who take bribes and, uh, you know, obviously politicians who are corrupt. You could have um, someone at work who who's, you know, the most honest person in the world, but will I don't know, I'm trying I don't want to get too graphic you know there's always kind of like obviously sexual versions and perversions everyone think of. just say skeletons in the closet skeletons in the closet that are contradictory it's it's the person that you know outwardly says one thing and believes one thing but secretly does another you know it could be someone who's like i'm going to lose weight but then they eat ice cream and don't tell anybody because they're ashamed of it it could be uh you know someone who professes to be anti-gay but secretly is gay or has gay thoughts you know in a real world situation and i think the interesting character for nico would be how do i justify not killing this guy how do i justify dealing with the fact that there's this evil but my character is going to let it slide and i think that gray area is where his character could really become interesting and not just be a character because I feel like he is playing him right now as a character. He is he is a two-dimensional cardboard cutout of what a paladin is rather than a three-dimensional person who is also a paladin. And and that's the thing that was my frustration is I felt like Nico took the easy way out. Now, I think I think part of the situation you talked about with Rob who kind of felt like that wasn't fair and messed up. You know, he was attached to his character. Well, I think Nico is the same way. He's attached to his guy. And and until this moment, he has felt like his character is a certain thing and a certain way. And then he was confronted with a situation that means he would have to change that. So just like Rob doesn't want to go, well, I'm still going to cast zombies because that's who my character is. And if you tell me I can't, I'm, I'm upset by that. Nico is playing a character who says, I will kill everybody who creates zombies. But now since you create zombies, if I don't do that, that's not fair to me. So I do feel like those are actually kind of opposite of each other. I think they're equal. But I think Nico needs to take a step back and go, for the good of the story, for the good of the game, I'm going to find a way to make my character not act in this way. And I'm going to justify it. And that will make my character more interesting rather than less interesting. So that, that was kind of my take. I, I think you're right in that there is an interesting way that he can play this situation, but I don't think you really defended him or, or justified what he um, was doing. Because like you said, he, Nico did say, you know, during the game, he's like, I will kill you. Like after that encounter, um, my character stepped in the middle and try and tried to play the okay everybody let's calm down and then when it was over Nico was like I will kill you if you do that again so and 
it is inevitable that Rob is going to do that again. So he basically declared that after the next combat, it's going to be on between you and me. And then I said to Nico in character, you know, I'm going to take any threat that you pose against Rob as a threat against me, because that's the way my character Blaine, he is trying to look out for the well-being of the group and is trying to do what he thinks is best for everyone and sees this as, you know, as Nico's character putting our group in, in danger. So I think you're right is that he should, he could have an opportunity to play this a, a really interesting way where he has to struggle with, you know, he is lawful good and his character vowed to fight all evil that he comes into contact with. Well, now he's in a survival situation where this evil might save his life. And, and what, what are you going to do now? And like you said, what kind of drives me nuts about it is that he's playing this cardboard cutout of what a paladin is. And, and I don't, like I don't, I kind of don't get why a player would want to do that. If if you are going to take a character, and you say this is exactly what the character is, this are exactly his points of views. He's lawful good. Any evil that he comes into contact with, he will smite. You know, he will banish it. He cannot see, you know, a resurrection or anything without having to do something about it. You're might as well be playing a video game because in a video game, the script of the character's decisions are pre-written and you have no control over it. You're just along for the ride. Right. And the great thing, the great thing about this is that nothing is pre-written. You're in complete control of your character and it's up to you. You, that's what's cool about this is that you can change your character. You can have those real struggles with your character like you would have in real life. You know, we're like you said, we're we all try to be good people. You know, I try not to do 95 on the highway on my way home from work because I know I could be putting myself and other people at risk. I really don't care about other people. I just don't want to die. <laughs> but we we try to do what's good, but we all do bad things sometimes. We lie to our wives, we lie to our spouse, we lie to our kids we lie to our boss we call our boss and we say i'm sick and we're really not sick i never did that when you were my boss okay um (laughs) so we all try to be good but we don't always do what is right and i think being able to make those kinds of decisions and actions in a game is what's really cool no i and i and i agree and i think what i was gonna say is i kind of feel like this is like when you're playing chess and you don't see the move that gets you beat. But when you're watching someone play chess, you're like, why did you do that? And I think there is a detachment that it's easier for me and for you to be outside observers and see, okay, this is this is a train wreck about to happen. But where Rob and Nico are invested in their characters, that they feel like that they... Um, they like they're 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 holding on to that horse. They're holding on to that train. They're playing chicken, and they want the other one to jump. Because because I would argue 
that Nico holding to his beliefs that Rob is evil and must be destroyed is equal to not greater or less than Rob's Rob's feeling that, well, I want to cast zombies, and even though I know Nico won't like it, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, I feel like those are completely equal and opposite viewpoints that both of them are saying to the other character, you have to change or we can't get along. Nico was the one who brought it to combat, who said, if you do that, I'm going to hurt your character. I'm going to attack your character. But Rob knew if if he created a zombie, Nico would get upset, but he still did it anyways. So, again, I hold them both in equal regards to they both knew what was going to happen, and they both put themselves on that path. I think Nico only escalated it a little bit by saying, if you do that again, my character is going to attack your character. And I could even argue that that's still playing a flawed character because until he actually does it, then that may be him saying, okay, I'm not actually going to attack your character. You know, it's, it's like a bluff. If next combat right. Rob makes another zombie and Nico doesn't attack him, now we've got some drama. Okay, right. you said you were going to do it, but you didn't. Why? So, so I don't think it's out ahead. I don't think it's something that's irreconcilable. I don't think the game is broken. I just think that both of them need to understand that each of them probably needs to make a concession. Now, the, the, the two things I'll say here, and then we can move on, is I think there's two ways that we could handle this. Uh, the first way is kind of the funny way, and that makes it kind of in-game and kind of funny and kind of silly. And I've used this example before with B.A. Baracus from the A-Team, where B.A. knows that when he eats the cheeseburger, he's going to get knocked out. But he does it anyways because he knows he has to get on the plane to fly to the other country or, the, or, they, or he doesn't get to go. So he puts on this bravado that says, I'm not getting on a plane. You can't get me on a plane. But he always eats the cheeseburger or drinks the milk or whatever the, the little stupid thing is. So that way when he wakes up in the other city, he can still to himself be like, well, I chose not to do this, so it's okay. Because in every episode that happened. We could do the same thing with Nico. He could say, you create another zombie and we're going to have words. And we could just make a funny little thing where Nico's character just never sees it. You know, it's always some silly thing where he his helmet falls down or he gets attacked over here. You know, I mean, we could very easily kind of draw this out to make it where we're all laughing at the table about how silly we have to make this so that they never actually see each other do that. And Rob would have to play along. And he, he would have to make sure that he dismissed his zombies at the right time so that, you know, there would be that, mo- that moment where there's like four bad guys dead and then there's a dead cat in the middle. And no one really explains how that happened and no one asks the question that gets them in trouble. And Nico would have to go along with it and make sure his character was always facing the wrong direction. Or we can do the dramatic way, which is what I'm pushing for, where we deal with it. You are someone I think is evil. I am someone that believes in good. We are going to have words, but we find a way for our characters to get along. And it can even be something that says we're all in danger. And until we are safe, you are an ally. But when we're safe, we're going to have words. And that would be fine. You know, and that, that's still drama. That's still tension, but it doesn't destroy the game. We can still play every day, every week, and have fun, and, and there really isn't any player tension. It's just character tension until you get to a place that's safe, which in this world may never happen. I think you're responsible. As the DM, <laughs> you should have seen this coming when 
he was playing a paladin and now of course there's no way that for you to know if i was dming i would never think twice about it because i would i would just go well yeah they're you know traditionally these two uh pcs wouldn't get along but i would assume that you know my players at the table aren't going to threaten each other's characters uh because of the characters that they've built. So I'm sure you probably didn't, you know, see this happening. But hey, I don't be so sure if you're a DM, maybe if your players, if you see this, if you have somebody that's playing, you know, this paladin and this necromancer or whatever you want, or what 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 is Rob's character? He is he's technically a cleric. He is a cleric that worships death. And 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 the kind of the thing that I I did when I made those two characters, because I kind of knew this was coming, because I did make those two characters. But, again, I didn't think it would go to the point where it was direct conflict player-to-player or character-to-character. I thought it would be more of that tension, is that I made clear that Rob understood that his character is not evil. He does not view himself as evil. He does not try to harm innocent people. He has no intentions of hurting anybody. He is fascinated by and interested in how death is a part of life. It's the whole cycle of life thing. And he, yeah, I disagree. I disagree with you saying that. I think that that they're both equally responsible in this matter. I mean, I, I I can't hold any of this against Rob. Like Rob created a character and went into this game with the same assumption that I think he would go into any game, which is I'm not going to get any grief over this character I created from the other players at the table because we're all, you know, that's the understanding that we have. Like, we're not going to fight over I'm good and you're evil because it's an understanding that this is in this game we're together. Like, you know, we are the one exception where an, e- where an evil cleric and a paladin do get along. Right. Well, but again, but again, my argument would be though that at that moment, it was that sort of situation where one one sibling says to the other, "You touch me again, and I'm going to hit you," and then the other sibling just very slowly takes their finger over and pokes them in the shoulder, because Rob knew at that moment that if he created a zombie, that it was going to cause a problem. And while it was super cool that he did raise that zombie it wasn't like that's what won the day you guys had that battle in control you were not going to die and it wasn't like that zombie kept you alive it was just something he wanted to do because it would be fun in the game so that's why i'm saying they're they're equally responsible because rob could have not raised a zombie at that moment and not instigated and i'm not saying that he shouldn't have to feel that way but in that moment he did decide to do something knowing that it would instigate his character. I just don't think he was ready for the level of reaction that Nico had his character do. And I think that was the part where he was like, wait, you know, we're having fun here. I thought this would be funny. And Nico's character was like, I'm going to kill you. And that was sort of like, what the fuck's going on now? I think Nico's reaction was a, was an over the top. Um, it was just an over the top nonsensical reaction. Like if I, if me, Evan, had been raised my entire life to believe, you know, my dad always told me that, hey, people with blonde hair are 
stupid and they're the scum of the earth and they're they're they you know they 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 do everything wrong they're evil like they're the reason why everything's bad they just my dad just taught me to hate people with blonde hair now i'm in a bar and some guys threatening me and this guy with blonde hair comes up and punches that guy in the face knocks him out and then you know picks me up off the ground and dusts me off and says hey are you all right i'm not going to look at him and go Oh, you have blonde hair. I hate you. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to be like, man, thanks. Like maybe, maybe you're not so bad. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe my dad was wrong. You know, maybe what I've believed this whole time was wrong. That's the logical reaction. What in that moment, Rob created something that Nico's character believes is evil, but he did it to help Nico and to help Nico's character. And Nico's character saw that. So the logical reaction would be to go, he helped me. Maybe I'm wrong. And for Nico's character then to start having that internal struggle, like you were talking about, like, man, maybe I'm, maybe I should change. Maybe what I think and what I believe is wrong and start to question himself instead of turning it outwards and questioning Rob and his character and saying, I don't care if you saved my life. I don't care if you helped me. You're evil. I don't have a, I don't really have a reaction. Cause I mean, I agree with you. I, I think Nico's character went or Nico went one step too far. I think everything up to that point where he said, you know, if you do that again, we're going to have words is was the one step that was too far. I think to that point, it was interesting. It was drama. It was bringing these two forces together. And I think you even brought up after the game sort of the Legolas-Gimli um, relationship that developed in Lord of the Rings where initially you know, Legolas did not value Gimli. Gimli did not value Legolas. But over time, as they fought together side by side, they had a sort of a grudging or even a begrudging friendship that formed where they did start to see, okay, I see what you bring to the battle. And that could have been a moment between those two where – they had their initial, I don't think what you did was right, and I don't think you should do that anymore because it's wrong. But every time there's a battle and Rob's character does create zombies or, or does things necromantically that helps, that Nico would go, okay, I don't agree with it, but I see value in it. And, and that you know they could have had a Gimli-Legolas situation that grew out of there so, again, I just think he took it literally one step too far. I think if he would have stopped one step earlier, then we could have had a, an interesting dynamic. And we talked about it after the game, and Nico even apologized and said, you know, I'm, you know, that's not what I was trying to do. And he even said, you know, I'll change the way I'm playing my character to make the group move on. So I think he, he understood that he probably did take it one step too far. So I think we'll be fine next game. I don't think it's going to be an issue. But it was, I mean, there was tension. Like, I could feel that there was tension between the players, not the characters. And for those of you listening who may not have dealt with this or who have and aren't sure how to handle it, the way that we handled it is we talked about it after the game. And then on a podcast, we ragged Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I ripped Nico a new one. No. I, and, you know, Nico knows that I... I like him as a person and I value him as a player at our table. Um, and I think Nico would just respect 
um, that that all I'm doing is just I'm voicing my opinion about something that I disagree with, and that's all. There's right. like there's nothing personal, and I know Rob knows that there's nothing personal, but you know outside of the game or anything. Right. Um, and no, it is just a game, and you could even say it's a little ridiculous that I'm ranting so much about it. About yeah. you know it is just a game, but so you're mad that just, one per- person's make believe character had a problem with another person's make believe character. I'm so pissed. <laughs> That's like saying so, my thimble and my car got into a fight in Monopoly. To be fair, though, I just want to put this out there. I know that Nico does listen to the podcast, and I know that Rob doesn't listen to the podcast. So fuck you, Rob. You're wrong. <laughs> You'll never hear this. Um, <laughs> the last thing that I want <laughs> said. <laughs> Why is it so? Why is oh, I won't even say that joke. Okay, um, the last thing that I wanted to say about the topic to to wrap it up is um, I've forgotten. <laughs> um, the last thing that I want to say about the topic, just to wrap it up before we uh, sign off, is I think just to hit on a couple of the things that you were saying, I think that there was. A missed opportunity and just like you said it's kind of watching the chess game from the outside when a player makes a move and you from the outside you know you have that different perspective of the table and you go oh that was the wrong move I feel like there's a missed opportunity in the way they're playing the game where you know why play the stereotypical um, paladin character versus the evil character uh, why play those cardboard cutouts? It's been done to death. What's what's interesting about it? What would be cool? And you know, as the DM, maybe you would even have a lot to play off of, and you know, a lot to come up with in the story. Is you are, it's what legends are made of. You know, you could be the paladin and the necromancer that were a team. You know, nobody's ever seen that before. And you're the two that people remember in history that fought side by side. And I think that is more interesting and you can do a lot more with in the game than just having the, like you said, cardboard cutouts that, you know, is it's predictable. Right. And and I don't think it's a missed opportunity. I don't think I I would counter is that I think the opportunity is still there. Because the game yeah, isn't over, definitely. and I think that there is that opportunity for both of them until uh, Nico kills Rob. Until re- until, ne- until next game when Nico kills Rob, as soon as we start uh, at the table, not in the game. I mean, Nico killing Rob, and, and then we then we won't have this problem anymore. But yeah, I think that the opportunity is still there. I think that both of them, both of them need to give a little bit. I think both of them need to compromise a little bit. And find a way for their characters to interact that becomes still interesting, but it isn't a direct conflict. And I could see that happening in a bunch of different ways. Whether it just be, as I mentioned to Nico, maybe he tries to show up Rob's character in the game. And every time Rob does something cool and creates a zombie and saves the day, Nico's character then feels he has to do something just as exciting or or bold or brave with his God's power to say, look, and look, yeah, you were able to kill that that bad guy with your zombie. I killed two bad guys with my whatever, you know. And it's sort of a, I, I want to show that, it's like the I think I use the example of the the dark side and light side from the force. Yeah, the dark side is powerful, 
but it eventually will lead to corruption where if I do this the right way, I eventually will become more powerful. And so he's almost like he's proselytizing to the civilians and saying, yeah, you know, don't be, don't be brought in by the flashiness of this necromancer and his powers. I will, over time, will give you more than he will. And, or it could just even be a quiet character moment. Maybe after the battle, they go into a tent and they have a, a, a discussion and it's very calm and rational and says, I don't understand why you do that. Tell me about it. And it almost like they're trying to, to learn each other on why they are the way they are. And it could be a very sort of character driven conversation, like in a, you know, in a Quentin Tarantino movie where it's like they're, you know, they're having breakfast and they're talking about Kane from Kung Fu. And it's a, you know, they have different opinions, but they talk about it at a, at a table over breakfast or it could be the the more you know combat oriented. They're trying to outdo each other in combat. It could be more social, where they're trying to influence other people and show their way is the right way. So I mean, there's easily multiple ways that that drama could play out without it coming to an initiative role between their two characters. So uh, each week when we meet for a game, Michael asks us to bring a new NPC uh, with a, a name and a background and a personality for him to then add to the story. So um, next week, my NPC is going to be Mary. And Mary is an adventuring group counselor. And each... (laughs) She's a therapist. Right. Rob and Nico's character have to go to her tent, and they have these arguments between each other of necromancer versus paladin. So what what, what happened, Valius? He created a zombie. How did that make you feel? Angry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, we've talked for long enough. Yeah. Well, the the last thing I'll say is uh, kind of taking it back to the first part is one of the things that we want to do with the dungeon talks is we do want to make them in some ways more organized, but we didn't really have a lot of time tonight, so we may fail eventually. But this one was a lot more freeform like, like before. So our next podcast, 29, we're going to try to have a little bit more of a structure to, you know, which table topics we cover, how long we cover them, what depth that we cover them in. And then we hope to have a couple sort of interchangeable uh, mini segments, whether it be a mailbag question, a thrifty DM section where I talk about arts and crafts stuff. Like I've been on the website on how to make props for your game really cheaply, our rules lawyer thing, our uh, council of elders. So that's kind of what we want to try. But again, as, as Evan said before, we value your feedback. If you know, if we get ten emails or ten reviews or ten tweets that say, you know what, we we like the fact that you guys just BS together for an hour and and we find value in you discussing it. Then maybe we won't do that. Maybe you know, maybe we're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Or if we get some podcast or some uh, some feedback that says, you know, sometimes I do find you guys a little rambly, and I skip through parts because I think you're repeating yourselves. Then you know, I, we're just going to try to gauge ourselves based on the feedback. And the more we get, the better off we're going to be. So, just as before, we really appreciate those of you who have taken time to give us reviews on iTunes or give us comments or give us feedback through emails or through Twitter. And we encourage everyone that listens, because based on our our numbers, we think that there's right around 200 people that listen to every episode. So if you're one of those 200 and you have yet to send us an email, please 
take five minutes, send us an email. It's podcast at D&D Academy or Michael at D&D Academy or Evan at D&D Academy and give us some feedback, positive or critical. We'll take it all. And uh, our goal is to make a better show for you. And that way we can grow our audience and eventually Evan can quit his job. Well put. All right. Well, this has been Michael and Evan. And we'll see you next time. You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. This is going to sound shocking, but, but hold on to your seats. I want to be a two-dimensional cardboard cutout. This is going to sound shocking, but but hold on to your seats. I want to be a complete failure. This is going to sound shocking, but but hold on to your seats. I want to be someone who professes to be anti-gay, but secretly is gay or has gay thoughts. This is going to sound shocking, but but hold on to your seats. I want to be God's chosen warrior. This is going to sound shocking, but but hold on to your seats. I want to be a dead cat.